You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. You know, the first thing that we challenged you with was, what's the atmosphere in your home? Is the atmosphere in your home something that is building you up and strengthening you? Or is the atmosphere in your home tearing you down and sucking the life out of you? Then we had Pastor Mark and Nerida. They shared parenting part one. And as they shared, their message was parenting may be difficult in the moment, but you know, it's so, much, it's so wonderful in the long run. And then last week, Pastor Tim, he challenged us to take responsibility for the future of our home. He shared about leaving an inheritance for those who are behind you, for leaving good things, blessing for those who come behind you. I'll never forget the day that I sent Tim to school with our kids dressed in disco clothes for free dress day. I went to work at 7 a.m. and I sent Tim off with our kids dressed in disco clothes. Abby's wearing a hot pink tutu, all these crazy clothes, hair tees, pink spray paint. And he's got his kids, both of them dressed in disco clothes, walking them through the school, hand in hand, And uh, all the parents, I'm sure, were staring at him, glaring at him, thinking, why in the world does this father have his kids in those ridiculous clothes? (laughs) What I don't understand is why Tim got to walk the entire length. He got all the way to the other side of the school before realising it obviously wasn't disco day, because he was the only one with children dressed in disco clothes. And I got a lot of text messages that day and a phone call. He had to take the kids home. He had to get them redressed. And uh, their clothes were wet in the washing machine, so it was very fun for him. Uh, I got it really wrong that day. Really, really wrong. You know, when we get it really wrong, it's actually really obvious. Like a kid dressed in pink disco clothes surrounded by a thousand kids in uniforms. But you know, what about the times when we think we're getting it pretty right, when we think we're doing the right thing, but there's actually a better way, a way that's going to release more joy and more freedom in your home, a way that is going to bring healing to old wounds and uh, stir healthier thinking. Are we willing to throw out old habits and begin new ones? that truly bring life to those who are around you. While reading books and preparing for this series, I was deeply challenged to cut away my unhealthy habits, you know, the things that hinder my family, and replace them with habits that bring that joy and freedom in our home. It's not just, it's not that I was doing anything drastically wrong, I just realized now that there's a better way and it's time for change. When I worked for a mining company, I remember one young apprentice, and he turned up ready for the day in his bright orange high-vis outfit. Well, I can't say it was bright orange. It used to be bright orange, but uh, it was so drastically covered in grease and oil that it was now 90% black. And uh, I think he wore it with pride, but he couldn't wear that because it wasn't high-vis anymore. You know, contractors, they work with machine parts, grease and oil for hours in a day. They got stains up their arms, all over their clothes, and you know, you'd see they'd get it on their faces too from when they'd rub their face. 
But when they go, because this grease and oil is essential to their jobs, but when they go home, they don't want to leave that grease and oil on them. Could you imagine their homes, the buildup of grease and oil when they walk through that door? You can imagine, right, the TV remote. If they just come home with that grease and oil on them and they leave it on the TV remote, the buildup of grease, the microwave, the kitchen benches. Can you imagine this in your home? If that was your husband bringing home that grease and oil, can you imagine the bed sheets? Would you sleep in that bed? Would you, anyone sleep in that bed? I could, that's every wife's nightmare right there. I could not imagine sleeping in that bed or living in that home. You can't do that with grease and oil. The moment you get home, you've got to get in that shower and you've got to scrub off the black that's on you from that day that you've gathered at work. You've got to take off those greasy and oily clothes and you've got to soak them and stick them straight in the washing machine so that you can remove that grease. It can be like this for us because in the world we are exposed to things that are like grease and oil. Crude language, toxic thoughts. You know, everywhere we go, we see those graphic images that are unhealthy. We see bad attitudes, maybe even we're the ones with the bad attitude. Manipulation, greed, gossip, hatred, unholy relationships. But we don't want these things in our heart And we especially, we don't want these things in our homes. We want our homes to be a healthy place, free as much as possible from harmful thoughts, attitudes, and behaviors. A safe haven we go to, to enjoy, to grow, and to to recharge and then return to the world energized and ready to fulfill God's mission. So, how do we keep our, ha- our homes healthy and clean? How do we ensure that these harmful things don't silently creep in? Well, I would suggest, just like we soak and wash away greasy stains from our bodies and our clothes, so we have to soak and wash our hands, our hearts, and our minds. See, the problem is not just that we're exposed to these things on the outside of our home, The problem is that we're actually human beings. We have a sinful nature. So sometimes these things, they rise up from the inside. So to ensure that these things don't become a part of our home life and a part of our daily life, we need to wash away the dirt every single day. Psalm 51 verse 7 says, Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. God purifies our hearts. He washes away the stains that nobody else can wash away until we are whiter than snow. We've got to deal with these harmful things right away, not avoid them and not ignore them. So today, let's look at three things that cleanse the heart of our home. Today, We're going to look at these three things. They're like soap that wash away the dirt. They will completely remove stains that you've been living with for years. They're awesome. 
They are better than gumption. They are better than sugar soap. They are better than Pino Clean, Domestos, and Nappy Sand. Every woman in the house said, yeah, we need to know what this stuff is. These three powerful cleansers. Oh, no, that was so sexist, wasn't it? Every man should need this stuff too, shouldn't they? Come on, man, who agrees? We need to know what this stuff is. <laughs> oh, dig myself a hole. <laughs> my t- my team would have been like, yeah, every woman, find that out. <laughs> Baby needs, he needs to know that too. So these are three powerful cleansers. Every man and every woman cannot live without if they want a healthy home, yeah? Awesome. (laughs) Number one, the first cleanser you need to use in your home is repentance. There's a very cruel punishment that they used in Rome, uh, the Romans used centuries ago. It's very cruel. They compelled their captives to be joined face to face and hand to hand with a dead corpse, a dead body, until the secretion of that dead body would take their life. So if there was a person who had taken, I know it's disgusting, there was a, if there was a person who had taken the life of somebody else, their punishment would be to be strapped face to face and hand to hand with that person that they'd taken the life of, the dead corpse of that person, until that dead life had taken their life too. You know, without Jesus, without his grace, we too are shackled to a dead corpse, and that dead corpse is our own sinfulness. The only thing that will free us from that corpse, the only thing that will free us from our own sinfulness that leads to death is repentance. Repentance is the only way to life. Repentance is the only way to freedom. Repentance separates us from sin and it separates us from the consequence of sin. Let's look at Acts chapter three. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. That is the good news right there. Now repent of your sins and turn to God. Why? Because God has made a way so that your sins may be wiped away for good. Repentance is owning your wrong. It's saying, I recognize I have done the wrong thing. I've made a mistake. I am sorry You're turning away from that sin and you're walking in the opposite direction, doing everything you can to remove that sin from your life. People often think that saying sorry is it, that the whole picture of repentance is here. I'm sorry, I've made a mistake, I'm sorry. But there's so much more to repentance. Repentance is the 180 degree turn and walking away from that sin doing everything that you can to actually remove that sin from your life and in this series from your home is what we're encouraging you to do. So in this way, repentance literally puts distance between the sin and you. There is a distance there. Matthew chapter seven, verse three to five says, why then do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the log in your own eye. 
First take the log out of your own eye, then you will be able to see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Sometimes we are so set on changing somebody else's stinky attitude or behavior that we actually overlook our own. We get so angry about another person's wrong, we're overlooking the wrong that we have done in the matter. But Jesus said in this verse, it's so important that we deal with our own wrong first. Then, everyone say then. Then you will see clearly to resolve the matter. If you don't want sin to be a culture in your home, you've got to be the first to model repentance. I know it takes guts, but repentance is so powerful and it will keep so many harmful things out of your heart and out of your home. Honestly, every single person in this room, every single person watching online, we all make mistakes. We all fail. So just deal with it as soon as possible so it doesn't hurt those who are around you. You've got to own it, own the mistake, turn away from it, I'm sorry, and then do everything you can to remove that sin from your life. So number one is repentance. Number two, the second thing that is incredibly good at removing stains is forgiveness. I remember one night when I was young, it was the end of a really long day, and my sister and I, we were in our bunk beds, we were in our bedroom, lights out, and obviously we're whispering and talking, because no kid who shares a bedroom with someone else actually really goes straight to sleep. They whisper for as long as they possibly can, right? (laughs) And my mum comes to tuck us in, And with a loud, like it was so loud, she gave the loudest yelp and she fell to the ground in pain. We were like, what in the world's happened to this lady? We we had no idea what happened. She stood on a sewing needle. And the sewing needle went right up in the soft part of her foot, right up into her foot, not sharp side first, but eyelid first, and she fell down. She gets onto the edge of my bed, and she's trying to get the pointy part of the needle to grab it so that she can pull it out. And she goes, who used the sewing needle and didn't put it back? And she's in so much pain. It wasn't me. Without a second hesitation, I said, it's not me, it wasn't me. It wasn't me who used the needle that day to do my cross stitch. (laughs) And then after looking for it for so long, I couldn't find it anywhere, gave up looking for it. And I lied. I was horrified. I was so horrified. My mum was in so much pain. She was in agony and couldn't get this needle out. I was horrified. I wanted to hide. I felt so guilty and I lied. I couldn't sleep. She went, and because I'd lied, and she went and she had to get the needle out. I was lying in bed. I couldn't sleep. I wanted to hide. I felt so guilty. I couldn't go to sleep. But later that night, I'll never forget the response my mum gave me when I went to her and I admitted it and I said, I'm sorry. She grabbed me and she hugged me. She said, it's okay, I forgive you. 
I receive complete grace. When you receive that complete grace, it changes you. My debt was erased. I didn't feel guilty anymore. I didn't feel afraid or anxious anymore. All I felt was love. Forgiveness is so powerful. It removes the stains of guilt for good. You know, when you receive grace like that, I'm sure there's so many people in this room who've received grace like that. When you receive grace, you are freed from a debt that you were powerless to free yourself from. Did you get that? When you're freed, when you're given grace, you are freed from a debt that you were powerless to free yourself from. What a gift somebody can give you. Anyone who's received grace like that, knowing how undeserving you were, knows just how incredibly good it feels. Jesus tells a story of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. In the story, the father has two sons. The youngest son asks for his portion of inheritance and the father grants his request. This son leaves the family and he goes and he wastes everything he was given on prostitutes and on reckless living. And then he ends up starving. He returns home to beg his father to take him back as a servant. You can imagine when he left home, he was dressed in his best clothes. He would have had jewelry on him. He would have had either horses or donkeys carrying all of his possessions, all of his riches. And that's the way that he leaves, optimistic. But when he returns, he's got nothing left. And he's skinny, he's been starving, he's been feeding pigs and eating pigs' food. He's filthy from working with the pigs, and he's hanging his head in shame and regret. The Bible says, from a long distance away, his father saw him coming dressed, in, dressed as a beggar, and with great compassion swelled up in the father's heart for his son who was returning home. The father raced out to meet him, swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly, and kissed him over and over with tender love. Turning to his servants, the father said, quick, bring me the best robe, my very own robe, and I will place it on his shoulders. Bring the ring, the seal of sonship, and I will put this on his finger. Let's prepare a great feast and celebrate. This father holds no hatred, no anger, and no shame, only forgiveness. This father had completely wiped out the son's record of wrong, didn't even think of that record of wrong. He accepts him immediately back into the family. Wow. What a powerful story that Jesus himself shares in this moment. What's the lesson? To forgive completely, to completely wipe that slate clean, to completely wipe the record of wrong. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he 
removed our transgressions from us. God doesn't keep score. God removes our sin from us as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. So if God doesn't keep score of our wrong, why do we keep score of others' wrongs? Once the issue is dealt with, is it necessary to keep track? Does it help you to keep track? Does it help them? The only thing it really helps is to build a case against the other person, but that's division. It definitely won't unite you. What are you holding on to that you haven't let go of? Who do you need to forgive? Once you forgive completely, there will be healing in your relationship and there will be an open chance for reconnection. Let home be a place where we forgive completely and love wholeheartedly. So firstly, repentance. Secondly, the thing that's going to remove the stains is forgiveness. Third, gratitude is the third powerful cleaning agent in your home. A beggar asked a millionaire, how many more dollars would it take you to be happy? And as the millionaire reached his hand into the beggar's cup, he said, just one more dollar. Just one more dollar. The point to this story is that no matter how much money or stuff an ungrateful person accumulates, they'll never be happy. Their happiness is dependent on how much stuff they have, but of course, what they have is never enough. Ingratitude, let's talk about this word, ingratitude. Ingratitude begins as a child, when we're not taught to value and appreciate what others do for us. We carry this self-centered view into adulthood, where the assumption is that others Others are here to satisfy my, de- my needs and my desires. It's a worldview that prevents, it actually prevents a person from feeling gratitude. I didn't know this until I studied this. It's a worldview that actually prevents them from feeling gratitude. So no matter how hard this person tries to feel appreciation, the feelings will not come because you haven't met their unrealistic expectations, you've disappointed them from the beginning. What has to change in this person is their worldview, that the world is not here to serve me and I am not the center. On the other hand, let's look at this word called gratitude. Gratitude sees the good you do have It expresses thankfulness to those around you, placing value on people and increasing the quality of those relationships. Gratitude is not just a feeling. Gratitude is not just feeling appreciation. It's not just feeling thankfulness. It's actually a learned skill and a way of seeing the world. It's one of the best tools that you can ever use to get you through trauma sickness, or even the most difficult seasons of your life. Which one do you see most in your home? 
Do you see gratitude most or do you see ingratitude most? And which one do you see most in yourself? The great news is that you can always learn how to be more grateful. Here are some ways to increase the gratitude in your home. Firstly, you've got to vocalize your gratitude. Tell the people in your home you appreciate them, you love them, and that you're glad to have them in your life. Second, thank God for even the little things. You know, this morning when you got up, did you thank God that you had a phone or an alarm that woke you up? What about the hot shower when you got in that shower and you could feel that hot water? Oh, and it relaxed you. Oh my gosh, I love hot showers. What about that the taps had clean water coming out of them so you could have a drink of water? Or the breakfast that you ate? Thank God for everything because it's all a blessing. Psalm chapter 9 verse 1 says, I give thanks to you, Lord, with all of my heart. Let's get really practical because I want to give you a challenge. I dare you, when you go home today, tomorrow and the next day, to spend two minutes every day saying out loud, not in your mind, but two minutes every day, say out loud the things that you see that you're grateful for. I'm so grateful for this. I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for that every day. And just watch your appreciation change. I dare you. (laughs) Then look at the people that surround you. And for each person, I want you to name the reasons why you are grateful for them. It might be their smile. It might be that they give you joy. Maybe it's just the fact that their presence alongside you makes you feel calm and safe. Maybe it's the hugs they give you. Maybe it's the dinner they cook or the way that they love, the peop- love you and the people in their home. Name the reasons why you're grateful for them. Who in your home needs to know that you appreciate them? And who deserves more praise than what you're giving them now? Tell them and show them that you're grateful. Make sure they know without a shadow of a doubt that you are so incredibly glad they're in your life. Gratitude builds a new appreciation for those you love and it actually physically draws you closer. It surrenders selfish attitudes and makes way for others in your life. It washes away years of resentment and it makes room for healing. Gratitude is so powerful. It is such a powerful cleaning agent in your home. So to finish up, let's look at one verse. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, which says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. We live in this world, but we are not like it. God wants our home to be a healthy place, as much as possible free from harmful thoughts, attitudes, and behaviors. God wants home to be a safe haven for us to enjoy, to grow, and to recharge so that we can go out energized and ready to fulfill God's mission. 
So whenever we identify a thought, attitude, or behavior that doesn't fit in the healthy home, deal with it as soon as possible. Our first powerful cleaning agent was repentance. Own the wrong, admit it, say sorry and turn from it, and then do everything you can to remove that from your life. Our second cleanser that removes even the toughest stains that you've been living with for years is forgiveness. I challenge you to completely wipe the record of wrong. God doesn't keep score of our wrongs. So why do we keep score of others' wrongs? And then thirdly, gratitude. It's a powerful cleaning agent in your home. It washes away years of resentment and it builds a new appreciation for those you love and draws you closer. These three powerful cleansers will wash away harmful things that you do not want in your heart and in your home. But guess what? Like all powerful cleaning agents you have at home, they do nothing in the cupboard when they're left in the cupboard. These cleaning agents need to be put in action every single day. So why don't you close your eyes? We're going to pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you are here right now in this moment. I thank you that you hear our prayer. There is no sin that you are not going to forgive. There is no slate that you are not going to wipe clean. Jesus, this is the very reason why you died on that cross so that we could be released from the debt of our sin. So this sin could be separated from us to be remembered no more. With every eye closed, I wanna ask you, is there something that you need to repent of? Has God shown you something this morning that you need to repent of? Give me a quick wave. With every eye closed, give me a quick wave. Wow, there's so many courageous people in this place. It takes guts to repent. There's something you need to repent of. I'm gonna pray with you right now. Lord God, these people, they recognise I've made a mistake. I've done something wrong and I'm sorry. I thank you, Lord God, for every person who's recognised that right now. I've done something wrong and I'm sorry. I thank you, God, that you forgive every heart and you wipe that slate clean. You wipe it so clean that it's never going to be remembered again. I thank you, Lord, that we can ask you for forgiveness any day, any time, and you will release that forgiveness and you will wash us clean. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would lead those who've repented that you would give them ideas and ways to shut out further opportunities for that sin, shut it out of their lives and out of their homes and to build new habits that strengthen their relationship with you. With every eye closed, is there someone who needs to forgive this morning? Give me a little bit of a wave. Is there someone who needs to forgive? Awesome, I want you to pray this with me. 
I want you to pray it after me. And you don't have to say it for anybody else to hear, but just for you to hear and for just for you to know. For when you say it out loud, there's power in it. We're going to say, I forgive, and we're going to say their name for, and I want you to say what you're forgiving them for. Pray this after me. I forgive, and say their name for, and say what you're forgiving them for. And say this after me. I release them from the debt they owe me. I wipe the slate clean. They owe me nothing. And I bless them now in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for every single person who has forgiven today. I pray, Lord God, you would release them from the burdens of unforgiveness. You would release them from the memories and the pain, Lord God. I I ask for healing to come into every single individual. I pray, Lord God, that you would restore what was taken from them, that you would restore joy, you would restore peace, you would restore life, you would restore hope, that God, every individual who has forgiven this morning, Lord God, that you would heal their hearts and bring wholeness in Jesus' mighty name. And I pray for every single family in Centro, that we would be families, Lord God, that so easily come to that point of repentance, that we would release forgiveness so freely, knowing that you have forgiven us. And we pray, Lord God, that gratitude would just ring so loudly in our conversations, in the way that we treat each other, in the way that we love each other, that we would be grateful for every person in our home and we bless them in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. 